I don't know if I said to you, but I feel like we sound a lot alike on the mic. Did you notice that? Um, Kevin said the same thing. Really? Huh. Except I have the lisp. I don't hear that. I hear a lisp. (laughs) You're funny. You're listening to the Leading Together podcast. Uh, This week, Judy and Jen join Michelle again, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But here's Aaron for a quick recap of the message. Today, we're going to talk about Eve, who Adam calls the mother of all the living. And you see after the fall, Adam, this name that used to be for mankind, now is split and Adam, the man becomes Adam and Eve now has a name, Eve. And you see this, this split in, in humankind. And since that split, we rebel not just against God, but against one another. And we have this conflict that now arises from that. And looking at Eve, you see some different things that people have placed upon her throughout the ages. And yet, by the end of her life, the last thing that you see her say is something that is very humble, which is something we all need to learn, to come to this place of humility, realizing that God is good and we need to stop trying to be him and let God be God. And if only we would have realized this before the fruit was eaten. But then one of us would have showed up and we would have eaten the fruit and screwed it all up anyway. But there you go. So we have Judy and Jen back. Teamwork, right? <laughs> how do you feel week one went after hearing the message in person? I don't know how many emails Aaron got about the female man. <laughs> we'll see more after GC yeah. tonight as well. Yeah, I haven't met. Well, we have po- Every time there's a good sermon, we have a potluck. Like, really? Well, let's talk about week two's message on Eve. If I just throw out the name Eve, what kind of picture comes up in your mind? What do you associate with her? Well, I think before I always thought of Eve as taking the apple, biting into the apple and then going to Adam. I never realized that Adam was right there with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the implications of that are pretty significant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How does that change how you understand her? Uh, I see a lot of them in it together. They were both there together. I mean, he could have said anything, what we would say to a friend. No, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, but he was there with her. I feel like. She, like our concept of her, she gets a lot of the blame. If I'm being honest about kind of like immediate associations, definitely the word temptress comes to mind. Even though I know kind of some of the finer points of what happens in the text, that's just the, that's the way my, uh, Mm. my brain (laughs) links those two together, Mm -hmm. which reveals a lot, right? About bias and just how, how we understand those things. Well, what stood out to you two in this message? So the... The question that the serpent poses to Eve is, did God actually say that I feel like is the heart of sin even today? Mm-hmm. Questioning God's word. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of pride there. The pride of yourself, like I'm going to try to go it alone and making yourself be known instead of God. Pride in asking how much can I get away with and still be a Christian mm-hmm. instead of saying, teach me your ways, O Lord. And a pride in adding to the gospel, adding works instead of realizing that Jesus' work is complete, that we don't have to earn our salvation. And and that's a form of legalism. Mm-hmm. The pride in, oh, look at me, how good of a Christian I am. It's like, is God ultimately trustworthy? 
Yeah. Is he good? Mm -hmm. Does his word stand above? Mm -hmm. I think also in when he talks in verse uh, 28 of Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. That was for both of them. Mm -hmm. That was their calling together. Mm -hmm. And then those four points of Adam could not display God's image by himself. Uh, Eve was created because Adam could not have dominion by himself. All those things that that Adam could not do by himself. I really appreciated that. Mankind is not mankind if there is not male and female. And that's not just the marriage relationship. That is brotherly, sisterly community in the church. Mm -hmm. Okay, I had a question on Genesis 3.16 where it says... Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Why doesn't it say and? Contrary to your husband is a negative thing, and ruling over you is a negative thing. Wouldn't it be an and? I tried to understand that, but... We need to get back to the Greek and the Hebrew. You know, <laughs> yeah, the Hebrew. That exactly. would be the Hebrew there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The default uh, on here is actually an IV, and so when that came up, that showed and... Yeah, ESV is but. Oh, really? Yeah. Translations. Let me see. New Living. Huh. Translation says that's also but. Anyway, that was just something I thought was, I didn't really get that. In the um, sermon, I think he just, he kind of summarizes it that the struggle is to live a complementary life, one that glorifies God and, and isn't selfish or glorifies yourself. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. That's a deep dive. Well, we'll save that for our Ask the Elder segment <laughs> of this podcast. There you go. <laughs> I felt really sad for Eve with her firstborn baby. Mm-hmm. I think she probably put all her hopes and dreams into that child being the savior after the promise that was given to her. Yeah. And the disappointment. He was a murderer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then she humbled herself to God's plan, God's timing. There's such a change, as Aaron points out, from her firstborn to her third. Yeah. And then she settles in into God's plan and, and her humility. We just got to get out of the way. <laughs> Isn't that just the story of our lives, though? Yeah. If you only knew. Yeah, absolutely. How do you both feel about kind of the generalizations and, and misconceptions? Aaron Sheer, I know we touched a little bit actually on this last week, maybe in different terms, but these notions that women are more prone to mishandle the Bible. Um, they are temptresses and out to seduce or um, by nature, they're out to overcome and maybe usurp men's authority. <coughs> or have you seen that uh, either in explicit teaching in your church history or even just you know oftentimes there's this divide between teaching and actual practice I think I brought that up last week about um, how I was brought up in the church of women taking the back seat and then how I then went to a few other women and talked to them about the same thing of them wanting to do take these take on certain roles and I said, I don't know if that's a good idea, Mm. but I didn't, and I didn't back it up with scripture. Mm. I just backed it up with what I thought. God has really been stretching me in that. Um, Aaron touches on the point that women are more prone to mishandle the Bible. And I don't 
think that's necessarily unique to women. I think men can mishandle the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. I think as women, we probably need to stop believing that lie about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's even being marketed to us through Bible studies. The majority of women's Bible studies only go on an emotional level. Yeah, that's so true. And they're using us as a resource and we can say, no, we can engage in the scriptures in a different way. I'm not saying to throw your emotions out, to not get, but let's, can we go deeper right. with the scriptures? Can we dig in a little more? Can we, you know, come at them at an intellectual view or just. Oh, cause I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about, you know, for the first one telling women, okay, no, you're not prone to mishandling scripture. If anything, if, if that's your fear, get to know the scriptures really well. Yeah. You know, don't, don't sit on the sidelines or don't be afraid to engage out of fear of mishandling the, the best way you can learn to develop like good hermeneutics and actually engage with the scripture in healthy ways is by, by doing just that and asking questions and studying and right. reading and spending time in that. And what if we do mess up? Are we then around the people who are saying, Hmm, I'm not sure if that's it. Let's look at this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. again, working together. Uh-huh. Also, do you think these, these false messages have given us a sense that we're not worthy and it comes back to our worth is found in, in God. And he's the one that said, you're worthy. I made you trust me mm-hmm. to grow your gifts. Trust me to give you the words. Trust me to have my spirit teach you to change your heart. So it starts with us. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I find it really refreshing to to see this covered in a sermon because I realize even reading through this, I think we can't remember if we talked about this in the recording or even just after, like how many of these messages I think women internalize, myself included to some degree. And I hate that because like I can, I can rationally think through it and be like, oh, that's obviously not true. That's not of God. And, and scripture certainly doesn't support these things. But you know, that last one about women by nature are out to overcome and oppose men. I've I've realized, and I think I've shared even with some of the guys on staff here, that sometimes there's this fear that comes up in wanting to initiate conversations or ask questions about even like biblical texts regarding man and womanhood. I have to filter through this lens of suspicion. Not that I feel like I'm necessarily getting that from someone, but it, it's something I perceive just because of this notion. Does that make sense? It does. And so wanting to engage, but also acknowledging there's like a fear of being divisive, you know, because I don't want to be perceived as like that woman that has too many questions and just, mm, you I'm, know, like right. stirring things up in the shadows. Don't or, make eye contact. Here exactly. she comes again. <laughs> and I yeah. hate that because I, I want there to be a, um, just deep, uh, open hearted engagement with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And, I feel yeah. like this church more than others I've been in has, you feel like there's access. Yeah. You know, you can go to Aaron and ask him a question. You're accessible. Michael's accessible. All the staff are accessible. So I feel like that's certainly a first step, Mm -hmm. you know. You know, that's funny you say that, Michelle, because I wouldn't think that you would have to go through that thought process. It's those old culture, you know, that's been ingrained in us over time. We have to like peel ourselves back. And you talked about, you used the word disentangle. Mm-hmm. And then the other buzzword right now is de- 
deconstruct mm-hmm. and deconversion. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like disentangling is better where we disentangle ourselves from the false narratives that we've been taught and we disentangle that. We get ourselves low. We, we peel all those things back and then we let God do his work, yeah. you know, and build us back up. Or deconstructing, it, it takes you down to the bottom, but do you ever, you know, reconstruct in yeah. a biblical way again? Uh, that's not God's plan for us. So just, yeah, I think I like the, when you use the word disentangling, it's, it's a better picture of, you know, what that whole thing, sanctification process is this discipling process it's it's this lifelong you know pursuit of god and his word and and just learning to love him more so mm-hmm. and and love his people so not just his people all people all people you kind of see this happening mm-hmm. with eve she had to be torn down and then god humbled her and said no you got to trust me yeah instead of yourself you know, because even, even through wording, this mess, yeah, her wording is even like, "Look at this child that I made," you know, and it's like, "Oh, Eve, yeah. oh, honey, oh, honey," I, <laughs> and and even then, I never read it like that before. No, it's uh-huh. so cool. It's such a cool perspective. Mm. I hope that I know for myself. I've heard these stories so many times, and I hope I don't just kind of take a back seat and flippantly say, "Yeah, I've heard that one," and tune it out. But that we're open to new insights that, you know, Aaron's bringing up and that we'll have a chance to really engage with a story in a new way, in a fresh way and not be like, oh, I've heard that one so many times. You know, it's, it's they're so exciting. There's always new things to find in there. And I hope we won't engage on it in a, an emotional level that will be, you know, come to GC prepared I agree. I'm really eager to to look at all these with fresh eyes and just see, like, huh, what did I not notice before? Again, like disentangling what what is really in the text and what's not. What are the things that I've projected just based on my own yeah. experiences? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both for joining again for another conversation. We'll look forward to talking about week three on Jezebel. One of the questions that that Judy was asking was, is it and or is it but? Conjunction, junction. Well, and here's here's the problem. In in Hebrew, there's not a word there. That's Mm. that is translators trying to make it more accessible to modern readers. And so they're trying to put a word in there. And for us, our word for and or but can mean two different things. For them, it might even mean the exact same thing. And so it's not this word of the text saying this thing. The interesting thing about the text is that the, the, the word desire there, it has this connotation of your desire will be for your husband. That is in opposition to where her desire was supposed to be. Her desire was supposed to be for God. Mm-hmm. And now her desire is turned away towards the, and that's the word you got to look for. Your desire will be toward your husband. And that word toward means unto. It has a direction to it. Like when God separates, you know, the waters and, you know, this is where the water is going to go. It's that word. And so it's, it's this direction. So, you know, our, your heart is going to be steered not towards God, but towards this. And that's going to cause conflict. And the word rule that the man has, that's the word dominion that was given to man and woman both. And part of that mandate was that they were supposed to, in a positive sense, we don't hear the word dominion as positive, but in a positive sense, have a stewardship or responsibility for one another to steer one another towards the good and away from the evil. 
And now what is happening is you have this misplaced desire, this misplaced dominion. And the whole point is that it's just leading to conflict between the two of them. And we are not able to live as humanity was originally intended. And that's the saddest part of the fall. Well, Judy, I hope that helped answer that question. So as we're talking about handouts and things this coming weekend, you may notice that the questions on the front are actually actually the same. Uh, that is intentional. Please don't email me saying that <laughs> I didn't copy and paste right. And so, yeah, we are intentionally this series, keeping those questions every week to provide for a rhythm, uh, maybe help people know what to expect to answer going in, to think of the same questions week to week based on the different women and different stories. And so it's a different way of doing kind of the notes. Um, again, you are free to use them or not to ask your own questions, lead your own discussions, uh, go down different rabbit holes. Um, but we thought maybe being repetitive for a series, see how that goes. And I, if they want to write a question down, I usually ask something at the end of the message. Hmm. You know, I usually, after the whole thing comes together. Bonus content. Like I have a question oh, for I do you. Too. Uh, in in terms of how we pronounce our words, <laughs> is it usurp or usurp? I thought it was usurp. I think it's usurp. Is it? I think so. I think it's usurp. Usurp. I think it maybe it's either. Look it up. Or how do we how do we do it? Usurp. Boom. According to dictionary.com. Usurp. You know how Smartless has the theme is like usurp. smart. List. There should be you. You. <laughs> <laughs> Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> bum, 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 ba, dum.